Welcome to Tunnel Talk, a No Facts All Ceilings Wrestling Podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Ann. And I'm Leah. And this is a special edition of our podcast because we tricked our <laughs> hero whom we love, Trish, uh, from now Wrestle I'm gonna Harvest. mess it up. Wrestle Harvest. Uh, into I was about to say the Harvest Wrestling Network. And that was going to be, <laughs> but that's kind of what I do with Dave too. I'm always being like Dave's Wrestling Network for the Observer fans right now. <laughs> we tricked Trish into joining us to talk about uh, some of our favorite topics. So Trish, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself for the listeners. Oh, there's no pressure there then, is there? <laughs> None at all. Just sound very heroic, okay? So if you can, you can achieve that, please. I don't think I'm anything special. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been into wrestling? Okay, so um, I started watching wrestling. Um, actually, I, when I was really, really little, my dad used to record uh, WWF on uh, videotapes that had this English program called Ed the Duck on. <laughs> um, I was obsessed with Ed the Duck. Uh, you should YouTube it. It's actually insane. Um, it's something that would never get cleared now. Uh, but sometimes I used to turn it on, and instead of Ed the Duck, there would be the Rockers, and they would be in their bright tassels, uh, Shawn Michaels, Money Gennetti, and I was like, oh, what's this? And then I kind of, yeah, then I kind of kind of in and out of it. And then when I got to kind of 13, 14, the, uh, the leading kind of wrestling academy promotion in the UK at the time, uh, the FWA was based in my hometown in Portsmouth. Uh, so I was kind of then involved and kind of doing stuff and building videos and just going to shows. And then you never get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I was uh, 19, when I moved to Manchester, when I uh, went to university, I, um, I actually met my husband at a wrestling show. So mm-hmm. we, uh, we caught Davey Richards, uh, indie wrestlers, still kind of around now. And that's the story. So yeah, I'm I'm never gonna get out of it. I I'm stuck, whether I like it or not. Uh, <laughs> Do you um, usually like it, or how hard are you fighting to get? Out of it? <laughs> God, I, I like I fall in and out a love of different promotions, and then luckily like something will save me, so I, I don't fall out of it completely. So like when um, WWE was kind of awful in the mid 2000s, then we had like Lucha Underground, which was all around like Penta and Phoenix. And then now Ricochet. And that was like, it's so cool. And then like a year later, I went to like a New Japan show in London. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I thought Nakamura was like the coolest thing ever. And and then uh, at the end of it, like I we get to the end and my husband says to me, so which one did you like the most? And I was like, I like that guy, as in like Tetsuya Naito. And he went, you can't like him. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the last laugh on that one. He turned out to be the coolest guy in New Japan. You yeah. <laughs> Okada. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll never be out of it. My my husband did, well, I did quite a lot of photography stuff uh, in British wrestling. And it's really hard to talk about British wrestling now because uh, if you don't know, British wrestling kind of fell apart and had scandal after scandal. And half the people you thought you knew, you kind of don't. So... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it sucks, but it's uh, sometimes that's that's what happens. But uh, yeah, well, that's it. So yeah, every time I think like, oh, it's not going to happen anymore, I can't watch this. There'll be just some little thing, just some little thing. What kind of things get you excited? Like, what kind of what's what's something that'll make you sit up and take notice? Oh, okay. Um, something sometimes it's kind of something of real depth. Uh, or someone that's just kind of magnetic. Mm-hmm. So 
like if you think of like in a promo or something so there was uh, a really really good promo uh november 2020 with uh eddie kingston and john moxley mm-hmm. they went through real issues and it flowed and it moved and it's the same when you look at something like I know, mjf and william regal last week you all think it's one way and then all of a sudden it moves back Mm, yeah. um, you kind of get that real emotion I'm not interested in I can't stand like oh let's just do cheap insults or mm-hmm. I'm not really mm-hmm. into matches that are similar so it's like yeah anything with depth and it's the same with matches as well the emotional matches will catch me far more and I yep. like you know yes. I like flippy stuff you know I watch I watch a lot of Lucha Libre and a lot of that's just nonsense <laughs> 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 like they'll just either it's either like trash Mexican wrestling where we hit everybody with like uh, an oven pan or it's like <laughs> a million flips but there are still there's so many people in there that can tell a great story and I, I am a story yeah it's all about stories I'm not you know I, I hate people say oh you can watch a match without a story and yeah you can but it never means as no. much to me yeah I care at all if there's yeah. no story <laughs> yeah <laughs> That Moxley Kingston was really all time. I feel like we Absolutely. we had just started watching and it was like they really yeah. brought was that, some good stuff. Was that the one that was like, You're the reason why my mother doesn't have grandchildren? Yes, it was. <laughs> and that was when that was when we were starting to because we had we started out, we loved Orange Cassidy, we loved best friends, and that was like getting us into the world of wrestling. But I feel like that the Moxley uh, Kingston stuff started to expand our interest. Mm-hmm. Like that was yeah. a real place where we were like, oh, there's a, there's emotional resonance there. This is like an actual story and they have history and it's deep and it's interesting. And that started to get us like more invested in stuff beyond like our limited sphere. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So we do, we mostly watch AEW. We've watched like some other stuff here and there. So you, uh, we're interested in who your, like who your people are, who you love in general. You're welcome to go beyond AEW or just at AEW. Uh, so I'll make quick mention of the people beyond AEW and then we'll kind of probably oh, focus please. on the, the people in AEW. It's just easier. So yeah, I mentioned Tetsuya Naito earlier. So he is um, a character-based wrestler, really. He's very similar to Hangman in story of failures and struggle. You can tell a story of just his eyes. Um, mm. Can also be an absolute kind of pain to his opponent. Um, so we'll steal people's hats. We'll like wrestle in his T-shirt because he can't be bothered to take it off. Um, <laughs> take 10 minutes to take his suit off, but then he's just a really great wrestler. Um, and then his counterpart in... Uh, in uh, Los Aganobles to Japan, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, who is just mental. He's mental. <laughs> he about, he's insane. Um, he thinks he's a cat. We uh, <laughs> wear very colorful clothing and we actually have a Christmas tree that has lots of colorful little lit, uh, lit things on it. And we have that as Hiromu tree. So yeah, <laughs> we love Hiromu. Uh, and then, yeah, AEW. So I am um, when AEW started, um, John Moxley. So I was watching John Moxley since he was in the Indies. God, um, mm. like a decade. Such a ago. little baby in the Indies. <laughs> yeah. He had so much hair. So much floppy there was, hair. Yeah, there was a promo he did where um, it was so, it was aimed on Drake Younger, and we don't really talk about him now because he's gone mad because, like, Florida. And, um, but he was like... <laughs> <laughs> That's Say no more. <laughs> oh, it gets everybody eventually. <laughs> there's um, there's a note for later, and I've just wrote the word Florida actually. So um, <laughs> <I'm> very excited. <laughs> but uh, no, like 
he held this like fork to this woman's kind of neck and he's talking like oh drake younger you know you you know you feel so alive but you're gonna wish you were dead and he's like talking about tootsie rolls and his mum's purse and <laughs> that a euphemism <laughs> this classic mox promo <laughs> uh, he's, he's like he was insane but uh yeah so i didn't follow him a long time so when when i found out he was going to aw that was like oh i have to watch this Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the Lucha Brothers were the other ones. So, like, Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. I was like, so into Penta. Like, I, um, I thought Penta was, like, the greatest thing ever. I didn't care for Phoenix, which is funny now, because I probably like Phoenix more now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Penta was cool, and Penta was, like, like he um he had, like, a whole season-long storyline where he wanted to find his mentor, and then he found his mentor after he broke his arm. So, uh, <laughs> like, it's, like, just crazy stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, that was, like, the main reasons I started watching um AEW straight away and then within like six months it was like oh Kenny Bucks yeah. and then there was Hangman um who was like he was funny he was like he had depth let's mm-hmm. be honest he's like insanely good looking yeah um, he is I have to say right? that and then there was Hangman is like the tagline <laughs> on a rom-com. And it's right. Like that is exactly how it feels mm-hmm. to love Hangman. You're like, and then there was Hangman. I mean, he changed it all. <laughs> it's it's not far off, honestly. Like he just was like, and I'd seen him, I'd seen him in New Orleans um, a couple of years previous, like wrestling uh, Kota Ibushi. And I was like, who is this guy? How have I missed him? You know, why has he not been on my radar? Because we, I at the time I thought I was really smart, and turns out I'm not. But uh, <laughs> you were like, oh, I know everybody. Think you and are. Like, we do think you're very <laughs> yeah. smart. I want to be clear to our listeners. Trish is, if Trish is much smarter than us, okay? <laughs> she knows a lot more than we do. So no, <laughs> keep I that in mind. Numbers. People think I'm smart because I like numbers. It's like no. I think the ability to process numbers is smart. I I like this could be the rest of the podcast. Well, it's just (laughs) us being like, Trish, please don't talk down to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, like, so like when that hangman story, you know, first started and it really first started kind of straight after, you know, he lost the championship match to uh, Chris Jericho all out uh, 2019. And I was just like, this guy is just fantastic. Like, and he was doing a lot of comedy stuff at the time with Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends and, mm-hmm. you know, as well as, like, the Elite and Kenny. And I was like, oh. And then um, when we got to uh, February 2020, so the story was, is uh, in May 2020, originally I was going to go to Japan. And I wanted to go to Korokan and all the kind of classic New Japan venues. And then, obviously, we, we knew, like, COVID was happening. At the time, we didn't really kind of know how bad it was, but I knew Japan wasn't going to be open. So I was like, okay, well what do I do? So I was like, three days before, uh, I said, oh, I, I think I'll go to Revolution. Mm-hmm. So I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, three days before I decided to fly to Chicago and then uh, being in that arena and seeing like Kenny and Hangman versus the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that was it. That, was that must fun. have been huge. Yeah. There, there was a, a woman in front of us who'd never been to a wrestling show in her life. And she kind of knew who everybody was. And like when Kenny kicks out of like the golden trigger, mm-hmm. she jumped up so high. <laughs> like, she flew. I, I felt like she levitated. Um, like, and she's just like going insane, like ah! this sticks in my brain so much. Um, 
Yeah, that's when this when the storyline when you have the storyline when you have the emotions those Mm -hmm. are the levels that you can reach that in my opinion you can't reach when it's just a match there's no emotional content no storyline hangman can tell a story that man knows what he's doing yeah well i'm just going to remind everyone so the 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 reason that we encountered you on the internet at all is because you and your podcast partner matt um Mm -hmm came out with a podcast after our brawl out situation (laughs) Um, that just was kind of going through like, this is like, if you look at it in perspective, this is what the, what the landscape of AEW has actually been like since CM Punk showed up. And this is the stuff that was leading to this um, and kind of like, you know, giving a lot of, a lot more context and, and metrics and data um, than uh, we had been thinking about before. So that was really big for us. So we were really excited to talk to you about Hangman because he's one of our faves too. So uh, I was wondering if you could just get into like, kind of like your feelings about like Hangman and the Elite, like over the course of their time at AEW and maybe like focusing a little on where the, what's been, what's, what's going on with them and what's going to be going on in future, maybe. Oh God. <laughs> it's a nice, oh. big, broad question, but you have to address <laughs> some of it. We know you like them. So. Sure. No, so when, um, when AEW started, you know, um, they were uh, free to four made obviously EVPs and they very much kind of wanted to not be the kind of center of the show. Yeah. So you had like Kenny lost to Jericho, to Pac, to Moxley, like back to back to back. And then they did this team with Hangman. And the first match they had with, uh, I guess, the Lucha Brothers, they lost that too. Because <laughs> at that time, you know, like if they you joined together. Is, I yeah. started watching those 2019 episodes now, which I hadn't, you know, watched before. And it is wild. They're out there. You know, the Young Bucks are out there losing a private party. And you're like, this yeah. is adorable, guys. <laughs> like, it's the sweetest like, thing I've ever seen. People thought like private party were going to be like the best team in the world after that match. So mm-hmm. that tells you all you want you need to know about the bugs, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so they were out there like losing it. I was like, oh, why is Kenny losing? You know, because Kenny came in was like this huge, huge name from Japan. You know, this mm-hmm. guy that had like sold out the Tokyo Dome, who had like, got thousands of descriptions for his match with Chris Jericho, which was like the biggest thing in indie wrestling at the time. Like, I've never seen anything like that. We were all getting up at 6 a.m. here in the UK. Like, we need to watch Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carter and Naito, which we don't talk about. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's like this year's double or nothing for me now. Like, I'm just going to pretend it never existed. Um, it's a good approach. I've got to, I'm going to take that one on for double or nothing, too. <laughs> yeah, like, let's let's just pretend like that, that was world best wrestling. Like, what Khan wanted uh, AW to be originally. Dun, dun. We, we just put that in a little box and we tie it up and that's it <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so and then obviously people are like complaining like when's kenny gonna win the title you know kenny's better than this he shouldn't be in a tag team um but that tag team run was like other than like me the bucks last year was the best run in the company history and it had so much story and, and kenny and hangman play off each other so well Mm, and yeah. then Kenny did the heel turn and he was the comedic heel and the belt collector and he's running around like <laughs> the world winning championships and he was wrestling I think I worked out like every six days which is insane, insane. How insane. while yeah. he was having crazy vertigo and stuff too it's yeah. wild crazy. <laughs> he's a he's he's metal <laughs> and then yeah and then we had this kind of rise of hangman and you could feel this story and 
I think because it was during COVID as well, I think we probably focused more on things than maybe we wouldn't have done. You know, like Dynamite became like the highlight of the week sort of thing because there was like <laughs> yeah. nothing else, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, yeah. here. I mean, we, we were like told to stay in your houses. You can go out for one hour exercise. We couldn't stay too long by the canal and feed the swans, you know? So, uh, yeah, like, so all of a sudden that story was like the, the only kind of thing I look forward to every week. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people felt like that with Hangman. And then it kind of got to you know 2021 it's like when is this going to happen and then we had the kind of the july so you had that bit leading up to like the 5v5 in charlotte and that to this day is still AEW's biggest program no matter what tony khan says you, know, you, can, <laughs> you can sit there in a double enough in press conference and you can say oh it was the biggest at the box office it was because of, was it hell i track your numbers <laughs> we, know, we-, <laughs> we don't trust anything Tony says to us. I'll tell you that for free. Tony says yeah. stuff and we're just like, be quiet. We lie. <laughs> he's a promoter. I always say that. He's like, he's going to promote. Yeah. And Punk was somebody that constantly needed his ego kind of uh, <laughs> massaging, shall we say. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I like, but that rounds like. Tony's been working his hands to the bone for the, for the past <laughs> year, massaging Punk's ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he lost it over some nothing <laughs> yeah. um but yeah like when that story hit and the energy like last july i don't know what it felt like for you guys but like you know they were announcing like arthur ash and all out and mm-hmm. back on the road and just the energy in the buildings like I, the, the first time in um when they first go face to face in miami is like one of my favorite things ever mm-hmm. just Oh, I can watch that clip. I can see that clip in my head. I can even hear the, like the Kenny promo that he cuts with Evil Uno in uh, Jacksonville. I can literally remember it word for word. And that's why it's kind of <laughs> like, okay, this this is like the best period in wrestling. It's like you you turn, like we'd stay up like 3 a.m. for Dynamite and be like, mm. yeah, this is a story. This is the best thing. One of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, yeah, Hangman had some time off um, when they have his kid um great choice you know and yeah. you look back now and you look how they treated him later and you realize it was definitely the right choice mm-hmm. i'm gonna need you to really speak really speak on that i mean not right the second but as you get into it we've got to okay. talk about what happened with Hagman because but yes good for him yeah, okay so um and then obviously you have these new guys show up they do the kenny danielson match and they did the right ending on that because mm-hmm. um, the worst thing in the world would be to um have kenny lose i was still annoyed they had him lose to christian um <laughs> I forgot that. Oh yeah. Um, that was very funny. He offered to lose to Andrade as well, but AAA were like, this guy, we don't want him back. He he wants too much money. He doesn't care. Like, God, like how bad must you be for Conan to say, nah, you're all right, we don't want you. Like, <laughs> like LA Park, he's like so disruptive and chess man. And all you're talking about we're loving Andrade at our company. He's the force for <laughs> yeah, peace. It's worked out really great. <laughs> Yeah, like he he's never changed. He spent the whole of last summer like uh, slugging off Bandido with Roosh. And to be fair, Roosh is behaving very well at the moment. And That's we're very surprised. The <laughs> funniest thing that everybody keeps saying about Roosh, like, because we don't have that much background. So we're just like, mm-hmm. okay, he showed up. So we just have to hear what other people say about him. And it's okay. so funny that everyone's just like, well, traditionally he's like, really <laughs> badly behaved, but we're actually so impressed with him this year. Like it's like a kindergartner where it's like, he did not do good in pre-K, but wow, he's had a lot of growth over the summer. This year in kindergarten, he hasn't bitten anyone. <laughs> unlike some other people in the class. <laughs> 
it's it's exactly like that so normally he gets a contract and then he just becomes like an absolute nightmare um so, but uh, we're actually uh, joking around in a discord we call him uh, locker room leader rush um, <laughs> now it's like oh they needed a, they needed a locker room leader he's like oh no it wasn't cm punk it wasn't really oh no it was roosh roosh is the locker room leader <laughs> Bruce is like, really, guys, I think we could all grow up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my God. Like, a guy that, like, took six months to draw, to job to uh, Bandido and Ring of Honor and give up that belt. But, hey, no, no, it's fine now. It's, uh, he's well-behaved. and uh, yeah, <laughs> Sometimes you learn your lesson. Enjoyed. Yeah, I believe Hangman quite enjoyed working with him uh, last few weeks. So, uh, But, yeah, like, so, yeah, Andrade. But, yeah, they had Kenny lose to Christian. He could have lost to Andrade. He shouldn't probably have lost to Hangman, but yeah, yes, it didn't really hurt them in the end, maybe. Uh, and then obviously Hangman came back in the ladder match. I <laughs> I actually wrote a funny thread on that at the time, and I was like, Hangman's coming back, and I got so much abuse. So that was really funny when he came out because they all went very quiet. So that was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't think he was coming back? No. So they, they I got told I was insane. Oh, I get subtweeted. I love being subtweeted. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm not like a nice American or like, or American that's going to say like, I, I, someone told me about like how um, Americans can say things and sound like they're being really nice, but actually they're being very sarcastic. That's what people <laughs> say about the British in America, though. Really? So what is the oh, truth? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, so like this passive aggressive thing, but being really nice. And like uh, my, my friend in Colorado was teaching me about this when I was over for uh, Forbidden Door. And I was like, oh, OK, that explains <laughs> a lot. Whereas like, yeah, I don't do that. So I'm just like, I can see you. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, so he came back. The ladder match was one of the that was one of the coolest moments of uh of yeah. last year for me. Mm-hmm. Um just the noise when he comes back. And you know, yeah. AW are rubbish at miking their shows. They do like I'm like shit. Uh but uh yeah, if you watch like fan videos from that night and you hear the pop and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it's such the coolest thing. And then his exchange with Moxley, which to me is like the biggest match and AEW for me, full stop. Uh, it's any program that involves John Moxley and Hangman Page. So that was like really cool. And then I loved, so what did you think of the um, the Stay Puff thing? Oh, I was I actually, it. I was in the crowd for that. And it was Excellent. unreal. Like, yeah. I was there, I was there with my best friend, Sarah, who um, watches wrestling with me and our friend, Tracy, who, who, you know, watched it as a child, but doesn't really keep up. But she likes coming to the shows with us. And the entire Halloween match, she just kept going, what's happening? What is happening? <laughs> is he a horse? What's happening? And then when like, when the Stay Puft Marshmallow thing happened, she was like, who's in the, oh my God, what? <laughs> and it was so enjoyable. Like uh, the whole, the whole arena was yeah. absolutely losing their mind. To me, that moment like is pro wrestling. Yeah. Like it's so stupid and so satisfying. So like, satisfying. Yeah. Oh but it's God. like, the, it's like the, the melding of like the stupidity, but you're like, no, but actually but it seriously. is emotionally important. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's hilarious. It's stupid. And it's very moving actually. You understand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, and it's a reminder that wrestling can be fun. You know, we talk yes. about mm-hmm. Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. wrong with something being fun and then serious at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Like, loosen up. We don't all need to be like, oh, God, we have enough stress in our lives. We don't need to be serious all the damn time. 
But uh, I love that yeah. moment so much. Yeah. I remember like the photos of like they took backstage and you got the Stay Pop Man and Kenny like in his GoBuster thing. And I remember like <laughs> cutting that out and be like, oh, look, full gear main event. Thank <laughs> 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 oh, so now. I actually, I still have a, uh, a little Stay Puft man that travels with me actually on trains, uh, oh. my job, and he uh, he comes with me every day. He's, he's actually gone pink through the rain, but uh, he, he's still there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I love that stuff. But yeah, and so that led, led into uh, Full Gear, and, uh, you know, that was like a magic night. I was uh, actually in Scotland, my, my dad, um, we had like some family stuff, and we were in overnight and I rigged up like a hotel TV to show like the pay-per-view on fight at like 5 a.m. Um, yeah. I was well impressed myself. It's it's like the best bit of engineering I think I've ever done. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then like emotionally, so that match, there was so much going on. And then when Matt nodded, that was it. I was Oh perfect. my God. We we had yeah. a, we flipped out because, um, so I, wa- I was at that show because I was in Minneapolis where I live. Uh, so that was amazing. I was so excited to be there with my friend Caroline. And, um, but then later, <laughs> I think it was David, was it David Bixen's fan who was being like, oh, this stupid buck's doing their oh, horrible oh, acting. Oh, like oh. they need to cut it out. And we were like having a full rage, like blackout. It's just like, <laughs> oh. don't speak on it. If you don't appreciate Matt Jackson's acting for what it is, <laughs> don't even speak on it. <laughs> didn't he, didn't he call Matt a ham, but it, in an insult? Yeah. Yes. yes. Disparaging. No, it's complimentary. Like, yes, he's a ham. <laughs> he's doing wrestling acting and he's doing it perfectly. <laughs> I what it is about them guys that sets people off it's it's so weird like Bix is well, Bix can be quite eccentric in what you do <laughs> <laughs> True. yeah I that to him sometimes I'm like well, what's wrong with you now like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in the most, and that's in the most British way I can like no 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 we, we don't we don't need to be sh- like why are we shouting about this like, yeah it was a beautiful I, moment. Like, look, I cried, okay? <laughs> like, I, I would, cried anything. I would um, love to know, like, what it is about the Young Bucks that makes men have the reaction they have. I feel like it's something about masculinity, like someone should do, like, a dissertation on it, but oh, I guess it's, it's so, there, it's, it's just seems so complex. Like, I'm just like, I don't yeah. understand it. It's not, it's not that men, it. like, never like them, but, like, there's no, just but, some specific thing where it's, like, it does make them go loco. I think yeah. all of them kind of attack that kind of traditional uh, masculine kind of wrestling character anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so Kenny, Kenny was doing kind of attacking that with the Golden Lover stuff in DDT. Mm-hmm. And they weren't doing the kind of, oh, they're gay, it's funny, right? Yeah. Which is what wrestling yeah. was doing for the previous 30-odd years and still is in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of a sudden you've got this guy that's like one of the best wrestlers in the world and you can't just dismiss him because yeah. he's mm-hmm. his character. And I think it's a little bit the same with that, with the Bucks. And now with Hangman, you know, how many people have got very upset about his butterfly jeans. So yeah, crazy. It's wild. <laughs> like, it's like, men, you should all be dressing like that. And it's uh, ridiculous you're yeah. not. Like, he, he, like, you realize he's doing this on purpose now because he's getting a reaction out of you. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people go, oh, that's so cool. Like, we love that stuff. So yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it now because it's getting a rise. But what I don't get is, like, so if you watch, you know, What's four? I can't say that. I never can. Like the Avengers. Um, that's not really, you know, yeah, big superhero. Doesn't play exactly a masculine character. Cries all the time, especially over breaking up with Jane. And yeah, so like popular culture has moved on and like wrestling seems to want to grip hold of things at the very mm-hmm. last. And yeah. I don't get it. 
but yeah, so then we lost Kenny um, straight off full gear. That was a bit of a blow. We knew he needed to needed yeah. time, time, but you know, at this time you're starting to have all these guys that have come in, kind of really take over the show, and they did straight away after. So I was in uh, in Norfolk on the the first Wednesday after Hangman One, and uh, I could feel it. I have like ridiculously weird instincts. And I've been around enough of these things and seen enough like first title runs and I could feel it. I could just, I thought, this isn't right. You know, there was no, he had no promotion. He was not, you know, he should have been like, I don't know, in his little like horned car, like driven all around, around town, you know, give him a parade (laughs) or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was just like nothing. And then he got like 11 minutes of TV and then they um, straight into the Brian match and then, it was all kind of like, oh, it's all about CM Punk and MJF. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is, is going <laughs> to yeah. be a long uh, title run. And I think he did everything he could yeah. um, mm-hmm. to make it work. And I think, you know, like you, you, the pressure, because he wasn't getting TV time to then, the pressure to deliver in matches was like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, he never he never missed in that regard. No. no matter what was getting down, no matter what was happening around him. Um I don't think he could have done personally much more, especially for a first rank. Because first ranks are really hard. Yeah. Right? You know, like you've got all these people on the way up saying you're great, you're this, you're that. You get to the top, and all of a sudden, everyone's like, you know, you don't deserve to be there. Somebody yeah, else. Does. I right. want your spot. Mm-hmm. All this noise, everything. So, yeah, like from his perspective, I think he's learned a lot. Um, mm-hmm. People I talk to tell me he's learned a lot. So that's good. Uh, he has good instincts. He knew, you know, that he should have been wrestling more, and he needed to be in better spots on each week's card. And uh, you know, that'll set him up for the future. And you know, what he does in the future, he's going to be kind of um, well off because you know, look, he's a great wrestler. He's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stuff comes from him. You know, nobody's writing yeah. this stuff for him. His catchphrase isn't, you know, somebody didn't give him his catchphrase. They, mm-hmm. So that sort of thing. So you'll be fine. But uh, yeah, it was it was disappointing. Um, yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. We've noticed that like AEW doesn't seem to know what to do with like a face title uh-huh. run. Like, sure. do you feel like like in other companies, like do they do a better job at like keeping the storyline going or having like the good guy have the title and like actually doing something with it? Yeah. So like uh, yeah, fa- face title runs are hard, and it's hard to kind of keep that momentum. Mm-hmm. So sooner or later, some people, you know, will just kind of fizzle out. But I think what it comes down to really um, is kind of they need to wrestle regularly. They need that regular yeah. kind of connection with the crowd. Mm-hmm. And you've got to promote them. You've got to promote them like they're your guy, you know. Have them yeah. interact with the fans as many opportunities as possible. You put them out in front of the crowd. You do the meet and greets. And Hangman did quite a few of the meet and greets. God, he was doing them by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, which nobody else until recently, until this recent run of uh, yeah. ticket generating one was doing. And you've got to, yeah, you've got to promote him. So you, you have to say, this is our guy. This is a star. You put him on the front of the TV ads. You put him on the front of your posters. You know, mm-hmm. what was all the things Punk moaned about that, that he took away from Hangman? Oh, yeah, like, oh, you put him on your T-shirts, your collector's clubs. You've, mm-hmm. you've just got to put the effort in, especially right. with first-time champions. Right. Um, it's difficult that's you know WWE have you know other than Cena never really been very good in the last kind of 20 years hmm. at face runs you know you Danielson know, got injured very quickly uh Moxley is Ambrose in fact Ambrose is um Ambrose's 2016 run is a dead 
kind of um, copy of what happened to Hangman. Um, oh. Which is really funny because you think, you know, now he's kind of mentoring Hangman a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah, like dead, dead copy. So in a way, except for Moxie was never supposed to have it. Roman Reigns got done for uh, PDs and had to lose it that night. So he picked it up. But, uh, but he was never, like, the focus. I think he was, like, the third match on SummerSlam uh, that summer. And then uh, he lost it to AJ and Styles in the October. And then the next year, he wasn't even on, like, the card for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So it's weird how similar they are. Right. New Japan tend to do a good job of it um, because, firstly, they put, um, in the most part, they put that, uh, that face wrestler against a heel, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, like, Okay, so if you look at Hangman's reign, they had this thing of putting him <laughs> against popular heels or putting him against faces. You keep putting him against baby faces. Like, yeah. Yeah. Know, like, and, it, and they've done it with other people. They've been doing it with uh, Wardlow. Right. Yeah, I feel like Wardlow's oh, having yeah, the same thing happen, really, where it's like people are really into the story and then it's just like he's gone and he's not doing anything. And Yeah, right. so, yeah that's the other thing. You've, you've got to keep him on screen. Right, so yeah. What they've done with Wardlow is... Yeah, that's bad too. So all of a sudden, right. like, well, oh. the things that Wardlow is doing are they're hard to root for. Either it's the ROH yeah. stuff, yeah. which is terrible, or he's literally right. beating up security guys. I know. Like, <laughs> they're just trying to earn a paycheck, buddy. You should have had, yeah. you should have encouraged them to unionize Wardlow. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing that I'll say is that so when I listened to your guys' brawl out pod, it did really put in perspective for me, like during Hangman's reign, I had been like something is not like right about this. Something is not hitting, but at the same time, like you did see like that hangman in his mind clearly was like, well, you got to have a story. I still have to have a story of who I am and like what's happening with me. And he was really trying to tell it in, uh, as far as I can see with really limited time. So then like when I started thinking more about, you know, the stuff that you were talking about, about like where the focus was and who's being featured and how much time he was getting, I was like, okay, well that makes a lot more sense to me. Like now I understand better what I feel like was going on here, but it's like they, it, 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 to his credit, I'm like, he, I think he really is like, you need to have the story. Like right. you have mm-hmm. to try and tell a story. And the, the funny thing is, the only reason I ever calculated, like, the screen time was because I was sick of seeing Adam Cole on my TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like is it, am I going insane, or is he just literally everywhere? <laughs> he was around quite a lot. I do love Adam Cole, but he was around quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, my, my thing with Adam Cole goes back to, like, Ring of Honor, so, like, don't judge me. But uh, No, no, <laughs> no, no. Everyone really in wrestling nice. has to be allowed to hate who they no, hate. Like, he, he's yeah. a really nice person, but he like he wrestles like he's a Carter or Hangman like height, and actually he's Darby Allen. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. That's, that's, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. He thinks he's big. <laughs> he thinks he's look, look how like how he wrestles. He like tries to dominate people, and they're like, "You're five foot four. <laughs> it's like he's a Chihuahua that thinks he's a German Shepherd. <laughs> I'm yeah. never going to not be thinking raised, about that now. He got raised at WWE. He doesn't know how to, nobody, how to be Nobody a told man. him he was small. Oh my gosh, that's right. That's Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, yeah, he's too busy looking at his hands to notice his height, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it took five seconds of Adam Savage. Cole. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but incredibly yeah, like, funny. Like, that was where it started, where we actually started saying, okay, well, what's the screen time here? And they're like, oh, he's getting no screen time. You know, all the screen time is focused on 
Cole, MJF, Punk. Um, well, you know, they had to take 10 minutes at the beginning of every show for to watch people cheer for Punk. I mean, that's just good television. We loved watching the people (laughs) cheer for Punk, of course. I couldn't do without that. Yeah. I'm like, if you you went to a show during that period, and I'm sure some of you did, you know, Tony comes out beforehand and he's like, we're going to start with CM Punk. It's all none of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus, can't right. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, like, and then um, I've lost my my train of thought. Oh, but you know, Hangman was trying to tell a story, and his whole thing was, yeah. you know, this battle between being a good person, a good man, mm-hmm. and thinking that you'll do anything to keep hold of that championship. Yeah. You know, even it means sacrificing your friends, or you know, your previous friends, or doing things, you know, like you wouldn't. Or be testing whether you do things that you wouldn't normally do, you know. I mean, yeah. tied um, Cole to the rope and then took him off, and the crowd booed because they wanted Cole to be whipped in the rope. Wrestling <laughs> 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 crazy. The most normal form of entertainment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my like, gosh. To, you know, to be fair, like Texas loved him, but like I know he's a cowboy, but uh, geez, they wasn't they that went, on like Good Friday week, Easter weekend, or something oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's right with the crown of thorn stuff. Yeah, yeah, but so. they loved him, and he all he did for like the first ten minutes of that match was literally beat Cole up. I have a, a friend who does like all the stats and stuff, and he was like, I think Cole got like one bit of offense in like the first ten minutes. He just like, <laughs> uh, you know, after slapping him in the face the week before, when he put his hand in his face uh, in Boston and was just like, you know, look at me when I'm talking to you, and like. All these people that were like, oh, Adam Cole should win the belt was like, he just made him look like a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so funny. He became like this executioner character and it was like the evolution of like, okay, like when I got the belt, shit, like I won the championship because I knew how to beat Kenny. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to hold it. I, you know, I've never had this thing before. And I like that because he didn't do the yeah. whole, mm-hmm. he could have easily done, oh, I'm the champion now and I'm better than everybody. But why would you? Why would you view him? You've never been through that experience, oh, you know. You, right. you you struggle with things that you've never been through, and that's like what Hangman's character is based on. So then, yeah, yeah, he's finding, you know, trying to be a good man, losing his friends, losing the Dark Order, which, looking back, becomes even more controversial now. <laughs> they, they they started doing like some of the story with the Bucks, and then that kind of got pulled back, which is interesting too. Um, and then, yeah, he gets to the end and. <sighs> he tells the story that you know he at the end he he decided that the title wasn't worth you know giving up being a good man he hesitated mm-hmm. he said you know i don't need to use that belt i'm not gonna do it um yeah and we, we could talk all day about the lack of protection and that finish and how all the you know homegrown kind of AEW guys have to make a punk look like the best thing in the world rather than him looking like making them which is it, it's, it was it's crazy a, to it's crazy to look back at those matches between Punk and Hangman and just to be like CM Punk is not is not doing anything. <laughs> it's not doing anything in this match. Um, I, I said to somebody, it was like watching a New Japan main event face like a fifty year old veteran. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty embarrassing, yeah. yeah like he, he ran rings round him. Um, yeah. Like, and then having to sell them like damn buckshots. 
um oh my god, oh my god. Him, you know that lived in punk's head that's what's really funny yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and like you know when um when nick jackson hit the buckshot mm-hmm. yeah. that was the yeah. most I, satisfying thing that i've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life the ease <laughs> in which nick jackson landed that was very much a giant middle finger and i know that punk took it that way too yeah, well, I'm sure it contributed to the meltdown. Yeah. So embarrassing to watch those two oh, botched God. buckshots in a row and to hear the crowd react. And especially when it's like he's going for the second one and it's like, I just <laughs> wouldn't. If I were you, I absolutely um, wouldn't. <laughs> um, my Canadian friend sent me the video um, from the crowd of the second one and how they just boo the hell out of it. Because, like, you know, AW was always like, oh, yeah, we gave these cha- our champions are, like, the best wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden, we've got a guy that can't flip a rope. So <laughs> easy. Yeah, and then like so, then you get to the next Wednesday, and like Punk, you know, falls in the crowd, just botches <laughs> everywhere during that match. <laughs> and then like you get to the bit where he's supposed to be like, oh, you know, introducing Tanahashi, you know, the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, one of the most famous people in the modern era of wrestling in Japan, uh, has a great film by the way with um, a little boy, and and it's just like. Um, he's like a bad guy wrestler, but he doesn't want to tell his kid, and it's just wonderful. Um, the kid's a little brat, though. Um, anyway, <laughs> but he has to be. It's, it's a great film. But yeah, he's like, and he's like, oh, show me what I got. Like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, oh god, this is going to get me in so much trouble. Maybe yes, like a bitch. So when um, Friday came around, and I went to bed quite early, but I don't sleep very much sometimes, so. I actually woke up at like 12 and I got a message saying like, oh, he's injured. And I woke my husband up the same way I did when we found out Donald Trump had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great day. I remember the feeling of that week. <laughs> oh my gosh. See, that was a risky Ooh. one because I don't know anyone's political affiliation. <laughs> oh my god, imagine, you're in good company, Trish. Don't worry about that. Okay, that's how you found out. Like, you're all like, <laughs> we're all that's Jericho just, fans. Like, we were See? devastated. <laughs> that's our president. That's no, our, we, that's our president. <laughs> we hate Donald oh Trump. God. Don't worry about that. No, that's that. you're free to say that. We, um, we can say nothing anymore. You know, our last prime minister was outlasted by a lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys have been yeah, having, you guys are some having fun. fun over yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> We're a disaster. But, uh, you know, we're probably going to have a new prime minister tomorrow and it's not the old one. So that's nice. Um, yeah, that's but anyway, yeah, I woke him up and like, everyone went laughing. You know, I don't want to see anybody get injured, but I was like, I just like, I can't believe it. He's fucking injured himself. Uh, it, was like, <laughs> it was the stupidest way to get injured at the yeah. craziest time. Yeah. You know, yeah like that's, that's like a whole adrenaline thing. And that's a whole yeah. ego. Cause you know, like people say, oh, he was really mad at Hangman. Like after that promo. Yeah. He was mad that night. They had a meeting and you know, Hangman was reprimanded. They then worked together. He didn't give a shit afterwards. Yeah. Other than saying, like, oh, I'm never going to lose to Hangman. I'm never going to jump to him. Yeah, whatever. Like, D. thank you. Are he thinks he's Hulk Hogan, um, <laughs> which maybe he is. But, so, what do you think set him off with Hangman after that? Then, oh, uh, I think the injury. So, because you know, straight after Double or Nothing, you know, he's um in Tony's beach house in California, and they're like spawning ideas about, and he's like, I won. You know, he thinks he won. He thinks he's taken over the company, and essentially, in some ways, he did. You know, he was um, Tony's right hand man. You know, they were kind of isolating the elite out. I mean, and he thought, yeah, I've won everything. And then he got hurt. 
do you think that the do you think that the the writing was on the wall there from the beginning when punk showed up because i i mean i know that you know it's like tony tony loved punk tony always <laughs> wanted punk uh is that it's interesting to look at the timeline and just think about like when things just kind of started to heat up like it definitely doesn't like from the outside, I'm like the fact that like Kenny was kind of more out of the picture. Yeah. And then the I don't really haven't really fully put together all the stuff with Cody leaving, but it's like there were a lot of kind of like power vacuums. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So definitely when you look at February through to probably February onwards, you know, once they knew, you know, they were still negotiating with Cody in early February. So once that kind of ended and they knew that, that wasn't gonna happen. And he left a huge vacuum backstage. Yeah. You know, he was doing mm-hmm. a lot more things than people realized. And then, but then, yeah, there was this kind of influence spot available to Tony. And yeah, that just got more and more. So yeah, you lose Kenny, Cody's not around. Um, it kind of left the void for him to kind of slip into. Green uh, worm that, tongue. Yeah, <laughs> Been well, saying yeah, it. Yeah, worm tongue or. Yeah, that, that's quite a good uh, comparison. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, like, Around that time, too, I, I don't know if this even mattered, but, like, um, Colt had been, like, in Australia filming something, and then he mm-hmm. came back right around February, March, too, like, briefly before he got uh, demoted. Mm. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, he came back. He, he was, like, around the week of uh, Revolution. And mm-hmm. then yeah. just disappeared again. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. But, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do think with the injuries, I do believe in my heart that the AEW belt just uh, rejects people that aren't pure oh, yeah. in heart. And that's why he keeps getting injured every time he gets that belt. Yeah, <laughs> like um, as Moxie said, you know, fragile ego, fragile mind, fragile body. Mm-hmm. Won't be around long. <laughs> be around it, long. Yeah, so Mox actually, knows. you know, if you go back and you watch the Moxie promo and then the Moxie promo that he did on the road to, uh, they're probably the most brutal of anyone. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy that... And he's continued with them, you know, he, he's taking yeah. little shots here and there, he gives mm-hmm. a promo yes. hangman. I have to say it's quite funny to see sometimes people on Reddit are like, I think that, like, Mox, I don't know, might have been taking a shot at Punk. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I heard it with my ears, I'm not an idiot. Like, <laughs> Mox yeah. has been making it pretty clear how he feels about Punk, I think. Like, not that subtle. No. no. And even, like, in a recent interview, he did one this week where he was like, oh, nobody in the locker room hates Hangman. And he's like, yeah, oh, yeah right. you, you're, not, you're not part of our locker room. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like he's made himself quite you know, and Moxley picks his words very carefully. He thinks mm-hmm. everything yeah. through. He's not a man of many words in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so when he does, you know, the, the most interesting one was he made the dig about, oh, you know, you only came here because you had no money. Which is yeah. probably the most serious kind of thing that like nobody looked or thought about, but was yeah. way more than anybody else said. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy to me that um, Punk seems to have like fixed it on Hangman so much as the person to hate. I don't know if he thought he was the person like easier to bully, like because Mox would just like not put up with well, yeah, it or he, what. He but like Adam, he wouldn't do that to Mox. I think he never had any respect for Hangman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think crazy. people. I somebody told me, you know, I heard comments say the other day that he just thought he was more like a story ring, you know, mm-hmm. like oh, it's just a story. He's not over himself and. Mm. I just, yeah, so I don't think people <laughs> stand up to him. Um, I don't think most people actually. It, it, the funny thing in my mind is, like, I tell my brain that it's, it's going to be the best thing ever when you go back, oh, do you remember when Hangman Page, of all people, broke CM Punk? <laughs> <laughs> like, of all the people to try to be like, you know, who's poisoned in the locker room, like, Hangman Adam Page. It's like, I I don't think that's right. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I can name, like, I could probably think about 20 people on that roster that I would have gone with, like, that would have broke, that, well, somebody was always going to break Punk. Like, yeah. 
this like character, like I said this at a time last year and like people can go back and I, I leave my tweets, so I don't care. Um, but I said this at the time, like, you know, they were doing this whole thing of like, oh, he's a good man now and he's reformed. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've known this guy, like I've seen this guy since like 2005, but he's still the same guy he was in 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a... It's a little bit of a thing where it's like, okay, well, show me the doctor's note that says he's been to therapy. If I see that he's <laughs> yeah, right. been to therapy, maybe I'll engage with the idea that his whole personality has changed. But if yeah, not, like, and that's why I was worried, like, um, when he was coming in, because they had a dynamic and they had a way, but they didn't focus. But on, usually, like, when people become more rich and more famous, they kind of, you know, get better mentally, get better, I think, yeah. and really see a lot more perspective <laughs> yeah. on the world. That's so and true, really, and, yeah. Calm down it's, and are it always helps. Yeah. Around them. Yeah. Rich, yeah. Getting richer definitely makes everybody. Yeah, I think they more say more money, healthy. more better. Yeah. More money. Right. Yeah. That's the rip, that's the rap song for sure. That's mm-hmm. the rap song, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like we just ignore that like that good Charlotte song. Um, <laughs> they then became that song. So that was even funny. Well, um, I guess so I don't hear them Charlotte. complaining that much, but and so maybe they do it in private, but yeah. They are um, quite rich and yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what they are anymore. That's like I was like fourteen when they came out. We all thought they were cool, and then we realized like they weren't. But you know, there's lots of lots of fans like that. So yeah, funny to think yeah. about the 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 Madden twins, and then it's Cameron Diaz and uh, Nicole Richie, right? Those are yeah, that's who they, they married. Out, right? Crazy. Yeah. Are you still married to them? I think so. Nicole Isn't that wild? Richie. Nicole <laughs> Richie wild. for sure. I didn't. Know I think about Cameron, Cameron Diaz, Diaz. Yeah, you didn't know that's that. Amazing. I think so. I, didn't I think know about so. That. That's amazing. Yeah, I really have not followed the Madden Twins that closely, but wow, yeah, Nicole Richie. I, well, I wouldn't say I've followed them closely, but I did know this bit of celebrity. I, I'm I heard glad that you, you... Feel comfortable telling us about your Madden Twin fan. If Benji Madden has been married to Cameron Diaz yeah, for seven both, years, and they have children together, both of them, yeah. they're still married, and yeah, wow. I know it because I'm a super fan. Yeah, <laughs> right. The rest of us don't follow it that closely, but no, yeah. <laughs> really getting a lot of heat tonight for no reason. Some might say. <laughs> Um, one CD, so I don't know how that goes. <laughs> we can just title this podcast Good Charlotte Confessions. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Uh, every uh, now, to be fair, the, the confession is every now and again I will like run it, so I will listen to it while I'm like, yeah, I'm pop on Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. Sure, yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah. a cycle of things is that like you're into it when you're 14 and then you get a little bit older and you're like, that was lame, I don't know why I was into that, and then you get older and you're like, no, I was right the first time, yeah. it, it, it yeah. does, yeah. Cool. Yeah. and then like Blink 182 reforms, and you're like, yeah, yeah I'm gonna spend $500 I was right. for I was a ticket right to that. Yeah, well, it's actually the tickets are in the thousands, that's what's so oh, I know that was the cheapest I saw was yeah. like 492, yeah. yeah. Oh man, no! I, I paid like three hundred to see Bruce Springsteen once, and that's like nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's I, worth I, I, it though. Yeah, that's, yeah, it that's was in Paris well too, and Paris was beautiful. So, uh, oh my gosh, isn't isn't our friend going to see? Is it Bruce in Rome? Is that crazy? No, that's right. Oh, that's Aaron. Not, Aaron's going, right? Yeah, I think our friend sense. Aaron's going. Yeah. yeah, Rome is one of the best crowds in Europe. Rome, Barcelona, uh, and anywhere in Germany. Germany's fantastic for music, but. Uh, yeah. Anyway, right. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> so <laughs> yeah. We like to like, wander. Germany is like the best. Hamburg is like the best musical city in Germany. Um, there's some great venues. I used to tech and do stuff and uh, like, oh, so much fun. But uh, yeah, no. So the thing with um, Punk, so the cover of the issues in terms of Hangman that he didn't get. So this thing about advice, because he read a quote that came from uh, a guy at a uh what was it, a convention in uh, Carolina who actually yeah. uh, I spoke to about the video because I know it's his video I'd spoken to him that day 
And uh, like he just read that quote. He didn't ever watch that video. But I do have this nice idea of him sat there like really angry <laughs> in his bed watching this video and repeat again and again and again. I'm <laughs> talking to like 12 people at comic <laughs> The things he fixated on are crazy. And it's crazy yeah. when like Eddie Kingston said much meaner things. Like John Mox yeah. is a much meaner mm-hmm. things. Like, yeah, boy. so it then goes beyond that. So then it's just in your head. You're just paranoid then. But, you know, yeah. this thing about not taking advice and like, I wasn't saying I never take advice, you know, and I thought, did you <laughs> just kind of say I don't take it from Sam Funk, which yeah. is fair because the man can't wrestle. So, no, look, but the thing is, it's like he's not a veteran to Hangman. If you take out his break, Hangman's been wrestling as long as Punk has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hangman's wrestled, you know, in Japan. He's wrestled yeah. Carter. He's wrestled Tanahashi. He's mm-hmm. wrestled guys that have made far more money than Sam Punk. Sorry. Um, and they just do they just do very different things you know like it makes it makes sense that mjf looks to punk for advice but yeah, like, totally. what is i mean hangman that's not the same thing His personality that's what we kept can't do a punk is thing, also no. is that like he has a creative community like the the mm-hmm. elite is a creative community where oh. it's like you guys are working on stories together like clearly like your careers are very intertwined because of the stories that you want to tell those are the people that you're checking in with those are the people you're workshopping stuff with like you know speaking as someone who has had an artistic community before like it's not necessarily that you're not like writing people off because they're not in your group necessarily, but it's like, no, I found the people that I need to do what I want to do. Like you don't need to take every piece of advice that somebody gives you just because they think their advice is so important. It's actually okay to say no. Especially if they're telling very different kinds of stories. It's just like, yeah, the kinds of like the pipe bomb isn't going to do anything for hangman, you know, like he couldn't, do that kind of storytelling which is good and fine yeah look i i don't need him to do that i don't need him to do the work shoot nonsense 24 7 i've had enough yeah. shoots for a lifetime yeah He's i really did wrestling since the pipe bomb to be honest uh everyone wants to do it everyone wants to replicate it like give me a break yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> move on.org yeah yeah like, why are we breaking everybody down you know there's a chris jericho quote saying basically like if you say your opponent is like if you say, oh, he's rubbish, he's this, he's that, then what are you beating? You're beating nobody. Right, so you're saying right. this guy's like the mm-hmm. third best guy in the shield. Well, when you lose to him, you lost to the third best guy in the shield or the third best guy. Right. Yeah. Club, you know? But yeah, like he um he just he lost the culture. So, you know, he missed that whole kind of uh the build up of wrestling and the indie wrestling scene, you know, especially mm-hmm. I thought we were like the center of it for a few years. Um, but in here and in Japan and the US. And he didn't see how people kind of made it without all these traditional things. They didn't have to do what the veterans did because they got over doing other things. Yeah. Hang on, style of storytelling. And this is so if you watch the punk promo just before Double or Nothing, you know, he's talking about, oh, you know, I paved the way for you. Did you hell? <laughs> Kenny Omega <laughs> paved the way for Hang Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's Kenny's boy. He, he's you know, Kenny's boy. He's Kenny's boy. He wrestles in a similar way to Kenny. He's got that change mm-hmm. of speed that Kenny has. He thinks like Kenny. He thinks mm-hmm. about the detail in his stories like Kenny and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. That isn't that isn't CM Punk. CM Punk, I just play. I'm, I'm the authority. I have to be the main protagonist. I always have to someone to go against. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Punk, you know, this is what pisses me off. So Punk is not. Like they said, oh, he, you know, he set out to change wrestling. Did he? Hell, he set out to get to the top of the card for himself. Yeah, which is what he did with the pipe bomb, right? Because then it was like summer of punk. Like he just he went corporate with his like fake corporate anti corporate thing. Like yeah, 
the thing about the pipe bomb, if you know, you read the words to the pipe bomb, the pipe bomb doesn't say we need to change wrestling. The pipe bomb says I should be in that spot, and the fact that I aren't, uh, the fact that I'm not, makes me angry, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was always about him, but people like, oh, he, you know, he changed wrestling. Like Danielson did far more in that period to change wrestling. Than yeah. Punk. Well, it's but even like Cody. Cody being like all the things you talked about doing but didn't do, I did. It's like, well, actually, Cody has a point, even though like I don't really enjoy Cody's wrestling style. But no. like, yeah, uh, Cody um, made New Japan miserable for me for like a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly very funny to look at all the people, like to to look at other wrestlers and how they've come out of uh, the, kind of the whole punk situation. Because now I'm constantly fondly being like. Cody, he's fine. Whereas at the time, <laughs> I was like, like, if Cody doesn't get off my TV right now, I'm gonna blow a gasket. <laughs> but he's really now that I don't see him, I'm like, Cody's okay. He's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, the, the, the key thing is, is like Punk just didn't realize that things had changed. You know, I, yeah. mean, I was reading an interview back from uh, Dalton Castle, who's uh, one always been kind of one of my favorite wrestlers in the last decade. And his was whole thing was like trial and error. You know, he he came up with the whole character himself, the entrance, everything. Like nobody told him how to do it, yeah. and he got over. And he got mm-hmm. over to the point where he was getting interviews in like Vogue and things like that. And it's like mm-hmm. for you know for an independent wrestler, that was insane. Yeah, can't list all that. He just thought, oh, you have to do everything in the system, and you have to be this, and you have to be that. So then when he's challenged by somebody like Hangman, and I think you know when he says, oh, you know, he has this stupid bollocks about oh you you know he, he nearly killed a million dollar house well that that house <laughs> sold before a revolution so you can shut that yeah up. but then also <laughs> sorry this is a random don't apologize to us we <laughs> love it yeah <laughs> but then like i don't think he thought and then i think he thought oh you know you stopped um yeah, oh, people now were cheering for you on the Sunday rather than just cheering for me. But they were never gonna just cheer for you because they connect to his story. They connect to his way yeah. of storytelling. And just because you mm-hmm. don't understand it doesn't mean they don't. Right. Yeah. You know? Yep. And yeah, I think that's part of it. I think he thought, oh, you know, now they're gonna cheer you. And there was always gonna be people there that cheered him anyway, because you know, people associate more with him, especially the certain age groups, I think, than uh, yeah. than CM Punk. But yeah, he just never understood it. And I think he thought he could walk in be the leader you know, everyone would look up to him and couldn't understand why they look up to everybody else and then the injury happened and then John Moxley was John Moxley <laughs> <laughs> it turned out nobody minded that he was gone also yeah. so like John Moxley comes in he does the build-up for forbidden door sorry Usagi is causing <laughs> we got the rabbit the rabbit Usagi no no cardboard eating it's, it's like no one am um <laughs> But uh, yeah, like he he comes in, he does the build for Forbidden Door, has the match with Tanahashi that he always should have been him to have, mm-hmm. um, because that was the original. You know, Tanahashi coined the phrase Forbidden Door, and that that match was pushed back for like two years. And I was like, come on, I need to see it. <laughs> I need right. to see it. Uh, which right. was great actually, because the idea of having to watch Punk in Chicago after Double or Nothing made me feel sick. So I was really happy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got yeah. uh, Mark's Tanahashi. But yeah, and then he has this run and he does all these promos and he's literally doing very similar to what he was doing in 2020. Um, but in that meantime, people were like, oh, I don't know if I want to see Punk when the belt back. I don't know if I want to see him back. And then when he came back, you know, nobody knew at the time, but Moxley wasn't coming, didn't have a contract. Right? Yeah, that was, that so was interesting. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So he's working without the contract. He's like the biggest free agent in years. But really. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you've got somebody with more leverage than he's got. Yeah. Right? 
he's been carrying back. this place. Yeah. yeah. He comes right. back and he's whining. I don't, you know, I've been brought back too quick and nobody welcomed me back the previous week. I thought, oh, God, how long? <laughs> um, like people weren't happy to see me. Yeah, they weren't happy to see me. Um, no shit. You know, stop asking, acting like an asshole and maybe people will know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is just an agreement but uh yeah like all of a sudden you've got somebody with more leverage than he's got who doesn't want to be an interim title holder right. you know, he doesn't want that word he wants to be a full world champion and right. then you have the cleveland thing and then fall out which is like a, a summer thing so did you see at the start of all out like punk was running around with his dog yeah yeah, yeah. that's such like a um such a cheap play to the crowd out <laughs> on I'm oh, just a guy with my cute little dog. Yeah, <laughs> break, yeah. Like, yeah, when you were supposed to be cutting up, oh, we are Chicago with our firefighters and policemen, except that guy because he's fat because he chanted Colt Cabana. <laughs> that was... That firefighter promo was wild. It was like... The vibes were so rank. It was yeah. yeah. Tr- Trish, can I ask you, one of the things that we talked about a lot after um, Brawl Out was that we had been really confused about the presentation of punk in like the preceding six months, basically where we kept being like the way this guy's behaving, he's going to, he's going to heel turn. He's, you know, he is the heel like, and he doesn't know it. And that's, we think it's textual and it's subtextual and it's coming out in like moments like that, but also just in like normal, you know, like he's doing this whole thing with MJF and they're each other's mirrors. And it's like, yeah, cause you are the bad guy. Like blah, 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 blah. What do you think was going on? on there like do you think that he what was going to heel turn and was doing stuff on purpose and it became muddled or he wasn't and it was all actually just his own personality he was an asshole yes (laughs) (laughs) preach (laughs) i um I was discussing this with somebody earlier today and like, you know, people are like, oh yeah, and, you know, these lines will be really cool when he turns heel and they're all like things. I'm like, no, no, I don't think so. I, I just think he was an asshole, you know, and especially in the hangman bill when he was doing, you know, what's the matter, hangman? It's just business. Insane. Um, yeah. And this was, you know, and we talk about, I was talking about Ambrose's uh, WWE run earlier and it's the whole, I don't really want to work with you and I'm not going to put any effort into this. And it's exactly what Ambrose had to deal with uh, WrestleMania 32, I should know. Yeah, I, 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 what's that? Yeah, 32. Um, we have Brock Lesnar, where Lesnar couldn't give a shit. He didn't care, like, for the match. He didn't care for the build. And you could see it. You knew it. Yeah. Uh, and this is exactly what we had here. Like, he didn't give a damn. Um, and so he, you know, he'd say these things. And they're saying, you know, he said to Eddie, oh, you're a bum and stuff. And people are like, oh, you know, it's all this. No, that's just him being him. Um, <laughs> the more you hear, you know, people were thinking certain things were jokes, but actually were quite malicious. Um, if he was talking from a position of power, you know, if he was yeah. an employee of the mm-hmm. company, and that's, you know, Tony kind of mentioned it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty bad if you think you're going to be the leader, but you you like that. But no, I maybe they could have turned into it. Maybe they would have done a double switch eventually with like mjf and punk and maybe they would have had to with mm-hmm. the reaction that mjf got it all out which uh, now in the hindsight is very very funny because that probably set him off <laughs> which i don't know how they would have expected anything uh, how he could have expected anything else honestly no. and the thing with mjf is you know everyone thinks it's a work it wasn't a work 
But mm-hmm. what are you going to look at? It's, that happened at the same time that Hangman had said, fuck it, I've had enough, I'm going to cut this promo on Punk. And, you know, so all of a sudden you've got their two. Oh, no, you muted. Muted. We lost you. Trish. Trish. You muted. You muted. <laughs> Usagi has muted me. <laughs> I've been forcibly muted by Usagi. Usagi has got up on the keyboard and he has muted me. Has that been <laughs> uh, me talking too much? But uh, no, no, like you know, when um, when MJF was kind of uh, you know doing the whole uh, I'm not turning up for double or nothing or for the Wardlow match or I might fly home or I need more money or he cut the promo where he said fire me you fucking mark which was not a cleared line I believe so Mm -hmm. like people were like oh it's got nothing to do with punk but how has he got to that point you know how has a guy like that got to that point who you know was generally very friendly with Tony Khan has never had an issue with fans or treats people generally with respect backstage you know MJF had a great reputation on the indies for that was always very polite and helpful all of a sudden he's got to that point where he can't take anymore hangman's got to that point where he can't take anymore you know there's got to be something going on there and i i think that time period's really interesting the only other thing i think is really interesting i'd like to ban the words going into business for himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> i seriously. would love to yeah <laughs> right. yeah i really don't think anyone people really have they loved repeating that uh, that line from Punk without thinking for two seconds for themselves about what happened actually, like what it actually means. Very annoying. Yeah, so like the thing is, right? So when you look at what happened with MJF, that was going into business for yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hold right. up, I'm not going to lose meaning greed, I'm going to hold up this pay-per-view and I'm going to go off after this promo and you're going to pay me to come back. So he, yeah, he went into business for himself. You know, you can argue that he ruined the kind of Wardlow moment. Nobody cares, right? Nobody speaks about it. Nobody says, oh, how dare he? Yeah. Why? Because it wasn't aimed at CM Punk. Okay. So if Hangman wanted to go into business for himself, and there's some quite prominent examples. So all he did was he threw a line on an unscripted promo. People keep going, going off script. They don't have scripts. Punk brags mm-hmm. about not having scripts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, right. So how do you, you know, if this thing happens, it happens. He throws a line out there, Punk doesn't like it, fine. Becky Lynch did the same to Ronda Rousey. We don't want her fired. She didn't go into business for herself, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, a, there's a quite a famous one with Shawn Michaels and Hulk Hogan in 2005. And like the promo, there's a promo in Montreal that has like the fa- most fantastically funny crowd reactions and he just like ruins them. It's fantastic. But... <laughs> Sean's then told he's going to lose. And you probably need to find the gifts of this, or you can find it on YouTube or something. He then decides to bounce around for the whole match like a pinball. He, like, <laughs> he takes like a clothesline and he does like three barrel rolls. And he's like out the <laughs> ring. And like, yeah, like it's insane. Like Hangman does none of that. So he no. doesn't overreact. He doesn't do anything. And when they did the, the receipt, and you can probably, you know, you can hear, probably hear me through the screen going, quote, unquote, receipt. <laughs> um, like, he could have run to the press like Punk used to do. He could have done anything like that. He could have got himself added to that match all out if he really wanted to. If he kicked up enough fuss or he went out there or, you know, he went to the press or even just to the dirt sheets, you know, if he went and spoke to Dave and he may speak to Dave sometimes. But <laughs> Dave Moxley, same as Kingston. 
but you know everyone um, speaks to Dave <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dave there's a really cute podcast from about a month ago where um uh, Dave's talking about um Page and about double or nothing and he's just like and Adam Adam must have been hot and he just won't refer to him anything other than Adam and it's like the cutest oh. <laughs> <laughs> we love that but um oh god the, the thing is is like he didn't want to ruin like he he was loyal to the company but he didn't ruin yeah. that ruin yeah and you know mm-hmm. he shut up and he didn't ruin he didn't want to ruin the trios either because you know he wanted that moment for Reynolds and for Silver yeah uh, and then obviously with Kenny and the Bucks and you know the first time in ages this is a horrible thing but we like to, I, I like to I can kind of see lots of thing in people's eyes it's really weird um I don't like comes with a job so we kind of we kind of look at people and you make judgments on people but it's like a security thing a health thing you mm-hmm. have to do and train to do and his eyes haven't looked right for months they just didn't look healthy and then he got in the room with Kenny all out and like it's like a different man mm-hmm. uh, his eyes just lit up so I'm glad that he mm-hmm. did that but yeah, he could have gone into business himself and put himself in that main event. And he didn't. Right. Um, that's why I think one of the reasons why he kind of came back into prominence and ended up in the program with Moxley. Yeah. Um, just recently. And yeah, yeah, we obviously, it didn't end the way they wanted it to, the way we wanted it to. But for a short term program, um, it was phenomenal. And it Mox was amazing. Was so it was ahead. really yeah. good. So. It was really, really good. It's crazy how like, you know, there was 10 minutes still left of the match when it ended. But mm-hmm. like, even at that point, I was like, that was a banger of a match, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I can just imagine if it had ended the way it was supposed to, we would have been on the pod the next week, been like, I'm losing my mind. That was the best. <laughs> I'm so happy that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for sure. Unbelievable. And it is hard to say. And I don't know a good way of saying this. But when they come back to it, it's now going to be a bigger match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah it's like will from come the back bigger than he was before. So. Right. Yeah. From the position of knowing that Hangman's fine, knowing that nothing's happened, it's it's not the worst way for the match. Yeah. To, like it, it, Hangman's in a in a good position. He wasn't yeah. pinned. They can come back to it at some point. Yeah. 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 It's bad that it happened, it's but bad in, that it in happened, terms of kayfabe, you know, it is okay. it is useful. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it gave me a damn heart attack because, like, obviously we we've seen a lot of wrestling over the years and been quite close. And like, as soon as he landed, my husband just turned to me, "Oh yeah, he's out." Um, but we thought originally, you know, you look at where he landed, and you forgot is it his neck? Yeah, um, well, that that was the was... thing that I was so afraid of. Like, especially after Mox made that comment, you know, like I just <laughs> yeah. was like, "Oh my god." Um, I... The thing is, is like I see all this bullshit this week about like, oh, they're not professional like that. Like Seth Rollins, like knee seen her in the face and broke his nose. You know, yeah. like Finn Balor tore his shoulder off in a title match with Seth Rollins. Uh, God, you know, people have died in super. You know, Masala died in a suplex. Um, like, you know, Shibata was injured with Akada. You know, arguably, you know, people recognize as the best Japanese wrestler in the world. These things happen. And, yeah. you know, the crazy thing is you look at the start of the match, you know, hang around and does the moonsault from the... Uh, right. Yeah. You would think you, you know? would think if something was going to happen, it would have happened with that spot, not yeah, like, yeah, a pretty like normal clothesline. On to yeah. concrete, on his ankles. And I know he's done it before. He did it at Hammerstein. Uh, he's done it in other places. And he's like, he's like fearless. He's like a bushy. They don't, they have no fear. They're just like, oh, okay, I'll just throw myself <laughs> off here. And hopefully that guy will catch me. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. So yeah, he doesn't get hurt on that and then he gets hurt just on a on a lariat. So um but yeah, when that match comes back and when he chooses to come back and 
you know, if he doesn't choose to rush, then fine. You know, if anyone yeah. deserves a break, you know, because he kept turning up week after week and he had the weird booze and the, the cornet fans that were bringing the stupid God. signs or anything. Yuck. He didn't care. He, he didn't like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to be here or whatever. And, you know, my, yeah. my friends have been, you know, suspended because one got bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, one got a chair for in his face and one got someone attempting to punch him so much that he had oh. perfectly good eyesight the next day um, <laughs> oh my god! you gotta laugh about it the dog bite when he was like walking around japan he was like oh my god he's still got the dog bite on it oh, he's no, still got the dog, dog bite it and looks so bad like i like that we're later. just calling it the dog bite <laughs> <laughs> i just can't think of him like a dog now like i can't think of, like a human dog. like yeah yeah Right. And then, then you have to put on like the voice from like BTE, and you got to put on the um, oh, you soggy. You got to put on the voice where like Kenny's just like, oh, "You son of a bitch!" You son of a bitch! And like, like, like throwing his little fit, which is like one of the best things about Kenny ever is when he throws his little fit. So yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. That's that's what you got to do for that. You're just gonna imagine like. I love the story that somebody came in and they said, oh, um, Kenny got bit and somebody was like, by the dog? And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed telling this story to people who weren't involved, like who aren't in wrestling because I was like, and he got bit by Ace, a man, um, (laughs) in trying to save Larry, a dog. (laughs) Yeah. I will will tell you that um, I was told that the Monday afternoon, by somebody whose friends were a wrestler who was still there at the time. And I remember telling somebody, like, he got bit by a steel, and they were like, did you write that wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I I did. I was like, I'm telling you, he got bit by a steel. Like, no, no, you must have written that wrong. And I'm like, Kenny got bit. I said, you won't believe this. Kenny Kenny got bit, and Nick had a chair thrown at his head. It was even... It was even more surreal for us because we obviously have like very limited context for anything. And so we were like, Ace, for, to our perspective, Ace Steel showed up two weeks before All Out, gave an absolutely insane wackadoo promo, <laughs> disappeared. And then the next thing we had heard, he had bit Kenny. And we were like, this man was invented <laughs> in order to deliver me so much psychic damage for what? <laughs> My my friend Anna's uh, students like to say sometimes like they'll just be like he's doing too much, <laughs> and that's that's what D- A Steel is up to. It's like he's doing too much. <laughs> oh, it's just insane to think about, isn't it? Like there's somebody bit another human. Um, yeah. we were we were joking that Punk there's a there's a soccer player called Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, mm. I don't know if you know him, but he's uh, actually throwing a similar fit to what Punk has like recently. Mm-hmm. And um, we were joking about football players that bit other people that we could bring in to be a steal. So we're like, we can audition them. <laughs> um, <laughs> a soccer player. Sorry, yeah, I, I really, I do try and like not Americanize it, but use the right words because sometimes when I've been over there, I'll say something and people will just look at me and I'll go, oh, well, that's British. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so Trish, in the assassination of CM Punk by coward by the coward Phil Brooks, which by the way, absolutely. <laughs> banger yeah, podcast beautiful. title absolutely perfect it's, it's all matt same as the the intro <laughs> you made a throwaway comment that actually i had gotten locked out of my apartment and i was locked out for 90 minutes and i was sitting in the hallway and i happened to be had downloaded <laughs> that pod like 
three minutes before I left the apartment and I like, wasn't even mad about the lockout because I was just like hanging out with my friend Trish and you know, you, you had made this throwaway comment where you were like, you know, and the bucks, the last, over the last year, the bucks have been systematically de- devalued. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Trish, I need you to follow up. I on must that. hear of more. Course, <laughs> of course, at that point, you didn't, you didn't know that I was yelling to you, but now that I, now that I can say, right. you know, Trish, I do need to hear a lot more on that. <laughs> Okay, so I don't think it's just the Bucks. Um, so if you look at everyone that was prominent in the first couple of years of AEW, mm-hmm. uh, so you, you take, yeah, I don't know, like prominent characters, champions, everyone like that. Other than MJF, pretty much everyone on that roster has been devalued since all these people come in. Yeah. So in regards to the Bucks, you know, you go from them being a uh, big feature on the show, wrestling pretty much weekly. Uh, opening the shows quite a lot to basically being relegated to kind of trios matches with Adam Cole for the first for the last part of the year and then barely being on TV or wrestling uh, or being stuck kind of on rampage or just kind of nothing huge really so not a prominent position once Kenny had kind of uh, had his injury yeah, uh, and that kind of went all the way through the year, but he's they're not the only ones. So this became a bit of a thing around the original. So if you look at Darby Allen, like Darby Allen, middle last year, TNT title run, main eventing every show, doing huge ratings, barely gets on TV now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every three, four weeks, we barely see him. I can't you believe know, he's in a, um, he's in a, what is he, he's in a thing with Jay Lethal now. Our, our friend Jay Lethal, oh, who yeah, I see yeah. more than my other friends, yeah. <laughs> so an absolute waste of Darby Allen, but. Yeah, so they did the door thing, I think, this week, didn't they? They squished him with a door. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they like, um, and it's the same with, it was the same with uh, Sammy. It's the same with pretty much everybody you can think of. The Lucha Brothers, you know, they were given nothing after they won the tag titles. Um, oh, God. They lost them to basically FTR wearing socks on their heads. <laughs> that's right <laughs> the frog thing that was oh the only time God. i did find if you're a little bit entertaining though so <laughs> yeah for me like the, them them belts the AAA tag belts hadn't been uh i've been successfully defended for about two years at that point um so then to see them lose to kind of the frog outfits was uh, great yeah uh, and that was the match where CM Punk was on commentary and immediately was like, it's FDR. Oh, yeah. And we were like, he wasn't supposed to, I'm sure he wasn't supposed to say that immediately. Cause all of commentary was just being like, we're no selling that. Like, we're not. And he just kept being like, it is FDR, it's FDR. And it's like, that was absolutely not supposed to be revealed right now. They're, they're just all the little things that we probably all thought, oh, we're funny at the time. And now you look back and you think that was pretty dickish. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. yeah well, seriously. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so this just like them, you know, Cassidy, Orange Cassidy's a big example. So mm-hmm. like we went from him being like a center point of the show and, you know, facing Chris Jericho and winning feud. Do you remember the uh, the really good like uh, presidential debate when he first mm-hmm. got Yeah, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. Was, like, climate change, that was so funny. But uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden he's never really on the show. And then he gets yeah. all this momentum off the uh Forbidden Door pay-per-view, and then he loses to, let's guess it, Jay Lethal. Uh, <laughs> it's so degrading. I just, yeah, it is. Tony, please. Tony, what are you doing to it's us? Like, it's funny because wrestling, a lot of times, you're like, you're suspending disbelief to a certain extent about certain things, but it is true. There was a lot, of, there was a lot too, too much belief being suspended. 
Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it felt like one thing for like Brian Danielson and Adam Cole to get TV time, but for Jay Lethal to get all this TV time, it's just like. It's, it's insane, right? And <sighs> the thing is, is like, so yeah, with, with the Bucks, it was like, you go from being one of the most prominent teams going and then all of a sudden, like, you're just backup characters. And then yeah. even in the summer, they become backup characters to, you know, what we were going to do, maybe with Kenny and Hangman. I don't know. It's, uh, well, do you have thoughts about the interplay there with the, the FTR, with the FTR stuff in spring and summer and Mm. FT, I think it's a kind of a complicated web a little bit because for me, it's also really tied up in like FTR. We're really, uh, jerk and punk off quite a bit. (laughs) And so I'm, it's, they have gotten, well, no, you speak. I'll say no more. You speak. <laughs> oh, no. So FTR picked their horse, I think would be a good saying. Yeah. They yeah. picked the horse and they thought, okay, this guy's gaining influence. He's, uh, you know, he's gaining power. We'll stick with him. Um, it'll work out. It was out. pretty clear that they were like, this is our road to the top. Like, we'll yeah. be the only people giving Absolutely, nice quotes right? to ESPN for Buck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, if that was the only people they were giving quotes to, we might not have so much of a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? The funny thing is, it's, it's like a running joke now because everybody knows, right? Everybody knows that they're like his middleman. And yeah. the thing is, like, oh, I'm going to go, oh, Dave Meltzer, da, 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 da. Like when Punk did the receipt, they gave Dave, Dave Meltzer that story in like 30 minutes. So I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> what are you doing? Um, <laughs> right, okay. Let, let disclaimer, I find them inherently boring. I don't care. I don't care what anybody oh, we, says. Oh, we. Hate FTR. Strong agree. Yeah, They're the most again, boring oh, men in wrestling. Again, imagine if like we were like FTR is really doing this storytelling. Like, just, <laughs> I just I don't think you're paying the attention to, like the long term storytelling. Yeah. There, you're not to. understanding how rich it is. <laughs> Have you heard that Dax loves wrestling and, and his, his family wife and, and America. America and America and justice? <laughs> he's like he's, he's like my daughter. Oh. It's <laughs> Trish, from your really, really important perspective, why do you think that Dax is always yelling at me? Like he's always yelling at me. I, I he's another person who will just never be happy. Uh, <laughs> this was the same in NXT, it was the same in WWE. And you can say, oh, getting one tree right on the main roster, who cares? They've had everything given to him. And this year's so funny. But like, oh, we don't get the the uh the tag titles when uh to face the young bucks all out. Like the Bucks weren't even supposed to have them, the Hardy Boys. Yeah, books. right. Where have you right. got this in your head? Oh yeah, we have all these belts, but it's not enough. You haven't defended the AAA title since March, and they don't want to bring you back because they don't think you'll make any money. And the present action. Actually- <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear that. <laughs> Dorian actually said that in the lead up to uh, to Triple Mania because Mexico, they just say what they want. Um, so, like. Yeah, you haven't, you know, you're not really defending the New Japan titles. Are you going to go to Wrestle Kingdom? No, there's a show in Seattle. Are you going to go work World Tag League? Yes, please go work World Tag League because nobody watches it and I don't have to see you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're a tribute act. You're just like, oh, mm. the thing I've never understood was that we're a tribute act to Bret Hart and Bret Hart signed to WWE. Like, right. like, why are we doing that? That makes no sense. Like, I've never seen that before. Like, you don't tend to be like, oh, I'm going to worship somebody that's not signed to our company. Right. Well, like you have on Anderson, you have other legends there. You have Jake the Snake. Why are you worshiping somebody? Like, oh yeah, let's go find out Bret Hart is. Oh, he's at that company. Should we watch that? 
Well, one thing that's weird about, I mean, as speaking as new fans with FTR, like we understand that they're, that they're doing tribute act stuff and they're obsessed with Mm -hmm. Bret Hart. Like we get it, but we'd like, which is fine, I think on its own, but we're like, we don't understand who you are as characters or wrestlers outside of that. Like you don't seem to have an identity of your own outside of that, that we can latch onto or a story that we can be like, this is the story of FTR and it makes sense. And I know that like, you know, people have told us obviously over time, like, oh, when the Bucks do this, they're referencing this, or like, this is a reference to this, or like they, you know, they have that stuff going on. It's not, they're not doing it, but that they also just have their own story that we as new to wrestling idiots can like follow and be like, yes, we understand who these people are and we're following their story and it's enjoyable to watch. That's the weird thing about FTR is it's just like, it's all tribute act, but no new stuff for us to be like, oh, that's fun. I like that. Right. Yeah, but the books, like a lot of times their references are like Easter eggs, you know, like yeah. it may, it enhances it if you catch it, but it's an understandable situation if you don't. And that, that's yeah. not the situation mm-hmm. with FDR. There's no substance to them. They're, um, they're WWE characters. They're just like <laughs> there. They have a theme song. But that's it, right? Unfortunately, we do have to say it's a banger of a theme song. I, I know that we always say that, you but say I will that. say I can't remember it. It's very electronica. It's very 80s. It's it's when they fun. eventually come to the UK, once they finish the Fulham stand, like the crowd will sing it because it's like, oh, do, 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 do. They'll, they'll sing it. It's just like a chant. We, we yeah. chant everything, right? Yeah. So that yeah. will happen. But yeah, it's like they get over because they got a good theme song, but eventually that kind of like... <laughs> It'd be so funny if they put them against the acclaimed because they're probably going to get booed. Uh, oh and God. they will if they take the titles That'd off. Be... If they take I'd the titles off the acclaimed, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Oh, I'm yeah, going to have a slip unacceptable. It's, it's way too early. Like the acclaimed, uh, you know, they, they got to run for they're a while. They're so over. And I feel yeah. like they could have so much growth as mm-hmm. the champs. Like it's like mm-hmm. they need to grow. They need to, they need it. FTR, yeah. you don't need it. And I can't believe I keep having to hear them like re-upping month after month. They're like, and again, we're still belt collecting. So never forget about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't. You haven't given me any time to forget. I'd love to forget. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you anymore. I hate God. you. They just, I just want them to shut up whining. I'm sick of listening to them whine. I don't like yeah. watching them wrestle. I love that they've been mm. stuck on Rampage at the back of Rampage every week. Mm. I don't yeah. Have to care. And um, didn't they get terrible like ratings for their main yeah. event? On the, the battle events, yeah, that, that's the first tag match back after everybody said, "Oh, we miss FDR. We want to see FDR." Was the worst rated quarter hour in Rampage, uh, sorry, not in Rampage in company history. Oh my god! <laughs> Including shows that went on after ba- after basketball at one forty five. I'll say, I for one, we're like, it's glad I'm glad this is at the end of the match, and there's no way I'm watching it ever. Not going back. Yeah, I don't think I saw it. Shouldn't <laughs> no. No, I have no intention to. I'm like, oh, it's good. Yeah, you you leave them on rampage right at the end, mm-hmm. and then like I I'll look sometimes. This is awful, but sometimes I look at the rampage lineups and I like I say to my husband, you know, like, oh, you can watch that one by by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That is bad. a that is a bold stance because if there were someone else in my house, like I probably every week would be like, well, I guess dutifully, like at the at the appointed time, we'll watch Rampage together. We do watch it because we do our podcast, but uh, these days on Friday nights, like I'll just like dispiritedly to myself be like, I'm boycotting Tony. If you're listening, I'm boycotting. I'm not watching it this time, and I'll be torrenting it later. Every time they say, oh, they're going to put some effort into Rampage, and then they book, like, uh, Davari versus, what are you doing? (laughs) We need that ROH show. We need that ROH show tomorrow. The best one was when they were like, oh, the Trust Busters did a great rating, and it's almost like, (laughs) 
And then Dave was like, oh, no, it was the Star Wars intro, uh, the lead-in. <laughs> and they were like, and then people were going nuts, like, no, it wasn't, it was Davari. And then uh, it was Trustbusters. And then the like the quarter hours come out and their quarter hours like be very worse and it was all like the Danielson quarter and you're like, yeah, shut up. I can't give it up. They have to like say these things. They're like, nobody cares. No one wants to see the trust busters. People won't turn on their TV on like a Friday night at 10 p.m. when they can go out and get a beer if they're like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stay in, I'm gonna watch the trust busters. I've been looking yeah. for like, Yeah. Oh, give me a break, you know? Oh. Like, yeah, um, it's so bad. Do you guys have more questions about the Bucks and FTR? Or do you want to talk about Sammy Guevara? Ooh. <laughs> Suck Sammy. This is the first time I've ever gotten excited you to talk about Sammy. entered the shit zone. <laughs> we're like, now we're getting loose. <laughs> no, we're just interested because um, we thought at a certain point in the past couple months, we were like, Sammy Guevara has just been such a absolute nightmare and has just been such a I know it's I know he's not starting these fights but it's like he's just been such a source of bad vibes for such a long time and the crowd is so mad at him for various reasons like we really thought like it's time to cool that guy off but Sammy apparently is gonna be fighting Brian Danielson this week so we would love do you have any insight like is Sammy Guevara draw it and we don't understand it like he actually is a draw or is it dickmatization again um look i wouldn't want anybody to fight Byron danielson as a reward because he can beat the shit out of you Uh, uh, like i I wouldn't reward anybody with fighting brian because brian's like you know people say hangman hits hard but he can hit just as hard um yeah no sammy at one point last year when he had the tnt title was doing pretty well with uh, women under the age of 34 um, mm. disappointing even, i need to talk yeah. to my to my <laughs> my girls my fellow yeah. girls so there was a period of time you know whenever he was on rampage and a title match or that that was the demo that would spike and would do better than weeks around it with bigger names uh that's really fell back this year similar to you know we talk about everyone else being devalued so there was a sammy guevara uh darby allen match i think back in april march or april yeah main event and it did like so badly and normally you know last year that would have been that would have done like a million, I don't know, 0.4 in a demo. And this year, it, I think it did like 8.25 and 0.31. So it just kind of fell to pieces. And uh, yeah, so maybe he did have a following. <sighs> Sammy. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you an actual story about Sammy and uh, Ty, actually. It makes me laugh because uh, I, I actually uh, nearly tripped up literally over them. Uh, <laughs> so this whole thing where they like... They're all over each other. Well, it turns out they're like that in real life too. I was walking through the airport in uh, South Carolina or in Columbia uh, when I was doing this really ridiculous gallivanting trip back in March. And uh, yeah, it's like 10 flights in 10 days. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. You'll go. Oh my God. Yeah. I I, I went to like Kentucky and Ohio. Again, don't. Yeah. So, uh, and then like to Washington and Columbia and the Boston, but it was madness. But uh, when I went there, so like I'm walking through this tiny airport, it's like the size of uh, my train station that I'm based out of. And um, like I'm just walking through, I'm, I'm booking my Uber, I'm just like not paying any attention or my Lyft or whatever it was. And uh, I looked up and like I had to avoid out the way because this couple were just like swaying everywhere. And I looked up, oh, it's Sammy and Ty. Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, just like all over each other. And I was like, Chris Daniels is just like, 
All right, come on, guys. They've <laughs> <laughs> just got a chaperone who's okay. trying to get him through oh, the like, airport without. Just like, for God's sake, sort yourself out. You're in a public airport. Move on. Like, him is like the high school teacher, like just Amazing. escorting like a high school volleyball team through. That's a great <laughs> image. <laughs> guys, with- guys, stay with me. That's right. <laughs> the thing with Sammy is, is like, you know, like he's not that much younger than Hangman. No. Um, that's, that's to think about. Just wild. Um, so and the thing is, he's naturally unlikable, and I think that kind of <laughs> into yeah, I remember, very true. Like, previous to AEW, I remember him appearing at a, a Mexican uh, indie show called Riot, Riot Lucha Libre. Who were great. They're on IWTV. They're so much fun. Their shows, and like he was cutting this face promo at the end, and I'm so happy to be here. And they just booed him out the building. You're like, just go away. <laughs> we want to hear from Bandito. Um, but yeah, like he's just naturally unlikable. And whether he starts these fights or not, <laughs> he does make things worse. Absolutely. And he's immature. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been so many instances from the uh, the Sasha Banks quote thing back oh, in year oh, one. Yeah. Right. Stupid phone call thing that he did. And then obviously the more recent that. one. Yeah. Like, then the more recent ones with uh, Eddie and Andrade. Yeah. And yeah, okay. Andrade, like, called him out in the interview but he did it because he knew sammy would react right well yeah andrade like, was like engage with him it's easy yeah. i do it every yeah. day <laughs> and it is very funny to think of andrade being like i want to get fired so i need to pick a fight who do i want to punch the most on this roster <laughs> and then going straight for sammy yeah. But yeah the thing with sammy is is obviously jericho uh looks after him he's a powerful ally mm. um yeah jericho, did- who's most powerful now yeah. <laughs> uh, Jericho now the Lionheart. Lionheart Jericho. Yeah, he's like so powerful now. So like Sammy kind of gets um you know, he didn't get suspended after the fight of Andrade, and somebody had actually said, Well, why didn't he get suspended when Kenny and the Bucks get suspended and made him for a punch? Can't even rescue a dog. He needs to get. (laughs) Sammy, have you ever rescued a dog? Be honest. (laughs) No, Sammy probably wouldn't know what a dog was. Like, just uh, Sammy, what are you doing? Um, I don't know what this. I think he's kind of at his ceiling, though. I don't think he's grown in any way. I don't think like he's progressed. Even Jungle Boy, who most of us kind of thought would never progress too much, is (laughs) better. Really has yeah. been working a lot. He's been doing the promos of his entire life. He's putting <laughs> yeah. his yeah. back into it. And compared to other mm-hmm. promos, are they good? Don't, well, we don't have to say anything about that. They're his <laughs> best promos. Yeah, and look, you, you need that time. You need that time to develop yeah. on screen. And you, you mm-hmm. don't just get it one day. And like, yeah. you know, Hangman couldn't cut a promo to save his life five years ago, believe it or not. You know, Kenny, Kenny was always seen as a poor promo. Um, and now he can do, I love his, his comedic kind of heel villain. Well, he goes, villain. he goes full anime mode. Like it's, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it's smart of Kenny that I guess eventually I haven't seen all the back stuff, but like, but eventually he was like, this is an area I'm like, I know how that works. Like it's maybe not what everyone else is doing, but it's going to work for me. And he does those, those anime villain promos and they're so good. And they're so funny. Like it's just perfectly him. Yeah. And he has Don Callis, and Don Callis is yeah, Don Callis cool. is perfect. Yeah, Don Callis so is perfect. an asshole, but he's so good. He's yeah. so, so good. funny. It's amazing. Like when he was on commentary at like Double or Nothing, like uh, 2021, and he's like, and he thinks Pac's gonna win, or Cassidy's gonna win, and he's running down the ring like shit, shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like the funniest thing ever. 
Uh, funny enough, uh, nice Don Callis knows he was in Jacksonville on Friday. Um, and oh. Don tends to not be many places without Kenny. So I found that quite interesting. Mm. I don't know. I don't know mm. that for sure. But it's an interesting note. Um, Kenny had been was, down there in Florida, right? Because there were some fan photos taken. He lives and, in Orlando. Oh, he does yeah. live down there. Well, down there. the Bucks well, were also in Disney World last week. Yeah, like so, it was it was Disney. Weekend, right? <laughs> well, yeah, Kenny, Kenny was in. We were trying to decide what house she'd put uh, Kenny in in Harry Potter because he was Harry Potter land. Um, <laughs> people were like, "Oh, you know, he he'd just be a Hufflepuff." He was like, yeah. Okay, I could see that. No. Um, but yeah, why not? Like you're getting paid for it. It's like when he was running around Japan, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> like my suspension." I, I'm really angry. Like, oh. Yeah, do whatever you want. Have a break. You deserve it. Did you see the the video he did um, in Wyoming in the uh, clothes shop that make, used to make all his gear, and he was like taking money out of till. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could work a Target. I can. Remember. <laughs> I mean, you gotta give it. It's like Kenny is such a bitch. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And look, you know, Kenny can be pretty political. You know, he was at the top in New Japan. You don't get to that top bit and not learn how to kind of protect yourself, protect your interests. And I think it's naive to think otherwise, you know, like, and when you go in there and you have the best intentions, you have to deal with all that other stuff that gets involved in all these other people. Um, so he is very good at that. But yeah, he, they, um, their humor always uh, tickles me. Yeah. Uh, same with the bugs and the way they deal with things. And uh, I can just see, you know, people talk about this meeting they had. Uh, after the receipt promo and you can just see Kenny kind of running around with his little anime villain voice (laughs) 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 Um, it just uh, that tickles me but that promo he cut like that night yeah promo and he was like I watched it the next morning and like I got my husband up and I'm like you need to come and see this and when he's like you know as long as the elite are here and I was like oh boy like he flipped (laughs) yeah yeah, he he was angry, but uh, yeah. oh, I miss Kenny. <laughs> I miss, I really, I miss, I miss him so much, and we barely got mm. him back. It was really interesting in the what I saw your notes from the Wade Keller interview, and um, it I really did immediately lose my mind about like okay. you know about Tony Khan. The idea that Tony Khan was like, well, I've done all I, I've done all I need with the elite and mm-hmm. CM Punk is my beautiful shining beacon now that I want to do all my fun things with. And I was having, again, like just like a rage blackout where I was like, well, that's a complete lack of, you're an idiot. I mean, I know, yeah. I don't think he is, but I was like, you are, you don't have perspective here in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So there is a couple of things with that. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people that believe that was the case, that he thought he would have to pick. I think it became quite clear after Double or Nothing, and the Bucks fought quite hard for Hangman. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They did. But it was quite clear then, you know, the Punk had control and they would have to pick. There's a uh, press conference call uh, just before the Ring of Honor pay-per-view where, he, you know, someone asks him, you know, are you, you know, you're missing people. And he kind of says, oh, you know, we did great ratings at the start of the year without Kenny, so we're kind of fine. And he felt very dismissive. I remember hearing at the time and going, I don't like that. I don't like the comment. I don't like how, you know, because he doesn't do the same with Punk. He's like, oh, we need Punk back. You know, when we come back, they'll have we'll have all these great matches and all these great things. And the funny thing is, it's like when Kenny was gone, you know, the ratings weren't fantastic. They were yeah. centered around, you know, shows were centered around MJF and Punk and Cole. The ratings weren't fantastic, you know. Yeah. He, like, he didn't hold them up to that, but just by himself. Mm-hmm. Um 
so yeah, I find it quite dismissive of Kenny. And I do think, you know, that one probably has annoyed people today. It annoyed me at the time, but it felt very much like, you know, obviously Kenny's contract is up, we think, in September because we think he's yeah. extended the injury. Um, I don't know what the suspension thing would do. I think there's possibility that Kenny and the Bucks could actually are kind of, um, depending on the outcome, they could maybe argue for time back off their contracts, but we don't know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there was a high possibility that you'd lose Kenny potentially next year, or you could, you know, he may say, you know, like Cody, you know, because everyone talks about Cody, but they forget the first thing that happened was Tony didn't pick up their option. They had an option for an extension, yeah. for Cody. he mm-hmm. didn't take it. So yeah, I was like, were they going to do the same with Kenny and the Bucks? And maybe there is a possibility that they were. Yeah, um, all our change, but like he comes back and like you know, Moxie's just beating Jericho and Jericho's giving him like the kick out of the Judas effect and they've just done this great match and then he does snow angels in the ring like I don't care like why was yeah. he snow angels it's like a weird anger and then yeah. obviously then you have the hangman call out the stupid promo with Moxley like you know, the, you know Eddie's the third best Eddie and all this stuff and yeah just everything was weird and it probably swung then um yeah, I, it's funny that a lot of people thought it was Paige that was probably going to hit him um, at some point. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the fact that people think that tells you how restrained, like, Paige was to not just kind of go after him. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, he told me it would be the Bucks. It's, it's, yeah, it's like the Hangman thing from earlier. Like, you wouldn't have believed it, like, in a million years. <laughs> it was, but I do think that. I think he should wear that as a badge of honour. And I do think once this thing's sort, sorted out, he needs to have a shirt that just says, like, empty-headed idiot or something. Or, oh, absolutely. <laughs> he's got a rocket, right? He's, he's got a rocket. When, when will he get that bimbo T-shirt? <laughs> I keep saying. Well, because when I heard that for the when – when I – because I – whatever. I can't even get into it. But when I heard the um, hangman page is an empty-headed dumb fuck, in my mind, I just immediately was like, he called him a bimbo? He just got <laughs> at the press conference and was like, he's a bimbo? <laughs> and now I say it to myself all the time. Just like, <laughs> oh, so it's, insane. It's just, you know, and people um, don't really talk about how serious what he did in terms of how he tried to destroy basically Hamann's career. You know, you build up right. that character for three mm-hmm. years. You build up yourself as a wrestler and as a commodity. And this is why, you know, one of the first reports that came out the next day was how the network weren't happy with the situation and the coverage. But also, you know, that's something, that's a commodity that's been built up that is, like, a valuable thing that's now being destroyed by somebody else. Like, that's probably one of the worst things I've seen in a a very long time. I was trying, I was scratching my brain about this the other day, and I was trying to think, you know, I've seen people knock somebody out, maybe intentionally, maybe not this year. You think of other things. It's like, I can't, you know, and that's pretty bad, but I can't think of anything like this where somebody has just gone out to destroy somebody. Yeah, uh, and over like one remark, and <sighs> I think just... that's that's something that's been very difficult. Uh, I mean, just in in observing, like you know, what people are saying about Punk, like about his time at AEW, about the legacy, like et cetera, et cetera. So you have a lot of people being like, "Well, you have to admit that at the very least, like it was an unparalleled year. Like it was so many good matches, it was so many good feuds." We were oh, talking yeah. about this this week, where well, <laughs> we said we were like, "We'll give you the the MJF Punk stuff, like." It, 
in, even though there were a lot of other factors that, that weren't good that were going on because of it at the time, it's like, yeah, I think that slapped, it, it, it worked really well. Artistically, you were a very good fit. But I'm just thinking again about the energy that he brought to that Hangman feud that you have people online saying like, and he had such an amazing feud with Hangman. No, he didn't because he didn't, he didn't put anything into it. The mm-hmm. idea that he was in that feud being like, I'm going to be the baby face but I'm going to be just saying like, it's just business. I don't care. That's not, you can't be the face and be acting like that. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's artistically bad. And I would say that's true of a lot of the stuff that was going on with him actually. So it's just really difficult. Mm -hmm. Like where I'm not trying to dismiss people who know, who have a lot more experience with wrestling than me, but I just can't quite make it add up where I'm like, well, to me, he, he, he had some very high highs and some incredibly low lows in the one year that, Mm -hmm. uh, where we enjoyed his presence. The most um, frustrating thing was I remember like when he won the championship in 2011, uh, his big run 2011 to 2013, because actually the first time he ran uh, the championship in WWE, he won it after being booed out of Money in the Bank, uh, won it, uh, one Raw that nobody cared about, uh, was like just nobody cared about him, and they didn't even take the title off him like a match, he just, uh, he was injured backstage and they took the title off him. People don't want to talk about that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when he had his big run in kind of 2011 to 2013, um, for three quarters of the first part of it, uh, he was treated very much like Hangman. And mm. actually, when you look at his numbers, Hangman's numbers were better. So I take mm-hmm. a little bit of pride in that. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so I uh, I was at WrestleMania 28 that year, and he was stuck in the middle of two big matches, Triple H, uh, short, uh, Triple H Undertaker, Hello Cell, with Shawn Michaels, special referee, and The Rock and John Cena, the match he complained about because he wasn't in the main event when he was, quote-unquote, going into business for himself. Mm. to try and get added funny that right mm-hmm. um but he stood there in a match with jericho and like he was on a turnbuckle and about five seconds after he done the initial like i lifted the belt up in the corner they turned the lights off and they ran to a, a video package like Broder's clay some big dancing dinosaur guy um and he had this look on his face, like of just sheer disappointment. You know, like I wanted my WrestleMania moment, and instead, like I don't matter. And like he felt like that's what they made him, so they'd overlooked him for all these other guys. And now, like he comes back and he does it to somebody else. He doesn't mm-hmm. see that that's hypocritical. He doesn't see like because he doesn't care because he just wants to be that star. Um, but I can never get that image out of my head now. Like I see it, and, and there was a, a moment in Pittsburgh. Um, where he comes out, like uh, Hangman comes out to confront Punk right at the beginning of that little feud. And um, it's a fan video, actually. I don't think it's on TV, but uh, he does that. Punk walks to the back, and that's like Hangman's only like 15 seconds on TV, I think, that week. And he looks out to the crowd, he raises the belt, and they cut to like a video of Britt Baker or something. And you can just see the look in his eyes. And I thought it's exactly the same look. It's exactly the same look that Punk had in 2012. But this time it's being caused by CM Punk. Man. Uh, yeah, I, just, I hate it. <laughs> it's really bad. It's like if it were scripted, it would be good scripting. But it's not scripted. It's real life bad behavior from people. And that's what makes it uh, kind of difficult to reckon with. 
Right, I uh, the, the energy right down there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, so for, for us, we're really long, although I'm having a great time. Is there anything else that you guys really wanted to, to talk about? I think we've covered a lot of good stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, this was amazing. Um, we might have to have you back to talk about the lost, the lost <laughs> casting. <'Cause laughs> honestly, we might need to think about it a little bit if I'm... Mm, true. I have to make a list of the characters. There's so many of them at the beginning. And like right now, we can only deal with season one because you can't spoil me now. Oh, actually, oh my gosh, that's so true. And you haven't met some characters Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be loving to cast. Yeah. Yes. And then you need to get to like season four, episode eight, where everything just goes insane and nobody understands anything. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so that's Trish, how sad I am. we'll let you know when we get to a season four, episode eight, you'll come back. You'll come back for the lost we'll casting. come back for the lost, lost casting. casting. <laughs> yes. Um, Trish, do you want to, do you want to plug anything here at the end? No. Um, obviously we'll, uh, we'll do another Russell Harvest, probably after full gear. Um, I'm you, not really a plugger. I'm, this is the thing. I, I don't, I'm not doing this to kind of like <laughs> be anybody or anything. <laughs> like, well, we, like, we don't want to like, yeah, that's, that's not what we kind of do. I do this. It's like my stress relief from the fact that I play with like very high powered trains and deal with drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I, I really am going to be rubbish at that because I'm not a good at plugging. Well, uh, Trish, <laughs> let me plug for you. And yes, let Leah plug for you. Yeah, She's great yeah. at it. <laughs> no. Trish has an amazing Twitter in which she does a lot of write-ups of what Dave Meltzer is saying or Wade Keller is saying. Uh, and she I dunks on morons. Dunks, That's even dunks better. On morons. Yeah. <laughs> she also is part of a newsletter that I've been reading every week, uh, a round table with like... You didn't each... tell me about the newsletter. I'm not... I haven't found yeah. the newsletter. Oh, and well, Twitter yeah. handle... Twitter Her Twitter handle at- is Trish Spears 48 mm-hmm. and it's S-P-E-I-R-S. Follow her. If you haven't already watched, uh, listened to the All Out podcast, you should listen Our- to it. And once you're done with that, listen to the assassination of yeah. CM Punk, which is and, also fantastic. And to be clear about how we feel about these podcasts, think about the way that Chris Jericho feels about JK. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. That's They're right. a comfort Trish, to us in trying times. Trish mm-hmm. is actually our Jake Hager, and that's a metaphor that she's going to love, yeah. and she's going to feel great about. But I'd love to hear, you're someone's Jake Hager. That should be a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make an AEW-themed line of Valentine's cards, and that would be a beautiful one. That yeah. would be a real... Honestly, we should we should be thinking on that We for should next put that year. in the tank, get our friend Mary to draw Yeah. You know? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, that was really good plugging. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, uh, no, I appreciate that because, yeah, I am no good at that stuff. Matt has to, like, hassle me to, like, <laughs> promote it because I don't know. I just, it's like a net, I don't know. It's just like, I always feel like, but, like, I don't want to force anybody to listen to me. Like, the round, I enjoy doing, like, the round tables on uh, Pro Wrestling Musings. And we are going to put some content up this week on the, um, about Hangman and uh, about all this elite punk stuff. Um, but it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> the podcast, like, I just like turn up and like the fact that people are like, oh my God, I listened to your podcast. I was getting all these messages. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, after. I really appreciate it though. I, yeah. I do. Um, I don't, I don't have no idea what to do with it. Like I emotionally, it just doesn't, I, I can't, 
figure it out. But no, I really do appreciate the feedback and everyone like, and even just like, yeah, inviting me on here. Like, I was like, really? <laughs> you want to like Usagi, Usagi the rabbit, that, that, that would be acceptable. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, the thing that, that I'll say, especially to our listeners, because you listen to us, so you know what we like and what we're interested in. It's really hard to actually, as a, especially as like a female fan of wrestling who wants to talk about stuff like narrative and wants to talk about story and cares about like the match has to feel emotional for me to be interested and like that kind of Kind of stuff. It's really hard to find people who are talking about wrestling in a way that like we feel connected to. And it's very easy to find a lot of people talking about it in a way that we're like, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but actually that, that's really not exactly <laughs> right. And I'm following a lot of those people on Twitter. So <laughs> that's what I would say is, you know, it's like not like you need to do anything for people or anything different than what you're doing. It's just really enjoyable to, to hear you respond to stuff in a way that feels relatable. And so that is, that's how I'd pitch you to uh and, and yeah, everything you do oh the rabbit <laughs> <laughs> that's how so you since this, you. Is, since this is an audio medium we'll just tell you that trisha's rabbit just creeped behind her head and, like just came into view in the cutest possible way <laughs> but that's what i would say is that it's just really it's really pleasant to hear someone smartly articulate the the stuff that we feel that we don't always have all the context uh that we need to to do that smart articulation so we love everything you're up to. We love talking to you. We had the best time. And we're having you back to discuss <laughs> the lost casting. <laughs> okay. Uh, on that note, I have been Allie. I've been Anne. And I've been Leah. This is Tunnel Talk. Our show is produced by Marjorie Voinovich. Our theme is by Chris Corkin. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Tunnel Talk Pod via email at tunneltalkpod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and uh, come back next week or this week, depending on when this comes out. Come back for the next episode whenever the next episode comes out. 